Welcome to The Power of Faith with David Hathaway. In this episode, David continues his Bible study from the book of 2 Timothy. I have fought a good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me, on that great day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his glorious return. The Lord stood with me and gave me strength that I might preach the good news in all its fullness for all to hear. And he saved me from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To God be glory forever and ever. Now, please join David as he ministers today's word. In the view of coming judgment and the coming kingdom, he says, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season, in season, out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come Well, men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Mm. So the fault there is not just on the teacher. The fault is on the people who only want to hear what, to use an English expression, I don't know how this would translate, but in England we say, tickle their fancy. (laughs) It's a funny expression, but it's it's like um, something you eat that you you fancy and uh, you like it it, uh, and, and you choose it. And so Paul is warning that there will be some in the church who only want to hear what pleases them. They don't want the rebuke. They don't want the correction. But Paul is so clear that in the church we have to have rebuke. We have to have correction that we don't go away from the truth. And so he says, Be prepared in season, out of season, correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience, because there is a time coming when even in the church they will gather around them preachers who only teach what they want to hear. And in chapter 4, verse 4, they will turn their ears away from the truth and choose myths. And I'm sorry, but there are too many myths being taught in the church instead of gospel truth. But in verse 5, he says, keep your head in all situations and endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Hmm. That's an encouragement to me. (laughs) Do the work of an evangelist and discharge all the duties of your ministry. And then he comes to a very tragic part. He says in verse 6, 
for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. Yes, I knew it. He's speaking so strongly because he's no, his time is limited. And he says in those famous words in verse 7, I fought a good fight. I have finished the race. In the authorized, it says finish the course, but it's a race. Paul often refers to it as a race. So he says, I've kept the faith. I've run the race and finished it. And I have kept the faith. Oh, that we could say that in our latter years. I want to say it, and I believe I can say it. I have kept the faith. And I, the only thing is I haven't finished the course yet. <laughs> I have quite a long way to go. But I have kept the faith, and I pray God I keep the faith to the end. And then Paul, oh, bless his heart. Bless him. This is what he says in chapter 4, verse 8. He says, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. You know, I don't think we put enough emphasis in our teaching on the reward that we get in the kingdom. But the scripture is absolutely clear. I think it's in total, you can list seven crowns that we can win. But the basic thing is this, that the reward is for the faithfulness in what God has called us to do. And there is a reward. That's why we endure persecution. That's why we, uh, that's why we even face martyrdom and death, as so many Christians do, because there is a reward laid up for us. Uh, and, and this is so important that uh, the Lord, the righteous judge, will award these things to us. And not only me, he says, but to all who long for his appearing. And I sense just in that expression there's something because he says that the reward is for those who long for his appearing. Unfortunately, there are some so-called Christians who don't actually look forward to judgment or the return of Christ because we know that the Lord is the righteous judge. Then, of course, we come to the really final bit in verse 9. He says, do your best to come to me quickly. It says, Demas has loved the world and deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he's helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. You know, it's really, really, you can see how he's preparing the end. It's almost like his will, isn't it? His last wishes, his last desires. Uh, no wonder, he says, in the earlier verse, in verse 6, he says, the time has come for my departure. Now, 
thank God I'm not saying that. The time has not come for my departure because I know that most of my work is in front of me and it might seem strange when I look at all the things I count everything in the past as nothing as lost in order to win Christ but also because the real challenge is still in front of me of what I have to do before Christ comes but I feel such a sense with Paul where he's saying to Timothy, Timothy, please come quickly <laughs> because Demas has loved the world. You know, what a shame. These are people that worked with Paul. These are Paul's co-workers. And he says, Demas chose the world instead of the suffering. He's deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Tragic, isn't it? In these last days of his suffering, the end of his life and his ministry, only Luke is with me, and that's why he's saying, Timothy, please come quickly. And he does say, uh, when you come, get Mark and bring him with you because he's helpful to me in my ministry. Then he says, plaintively, I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. And then, look how personal he is, you know, when I, when I read this through. Uh, more than anywhere else in the scripture, here is Paul, the greatest of the apostles and the evangelist, uh, who lived 2,000 years ago. And he's simply saying, when you come, bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. <laughs> and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Then sadly in verse 14, Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm, and the Lord will repay him for what he's done. Very blunt, that Alexander actually harmed Paul. And he simply says, the Lord will repay him for what he's done. But let's be on our guard and let's watch and be ready for when the Lord comes. God bless you. All his life, David Hathaway has been believing, searching, seeking for more of God's power, more of the Holy Spirit. In his book, A Faith Beyond, David shows how to make faith work. David believes that none of us fully comprehend how great our God is or the limitless extent of his power here on earth. But the only way to see and demonstrate the power of God is by having a faith beyond. Because there are no limits to God's power. Order David's book, A Faith Beyond, by visiting our website, eurovision.org uk forward slash shop thank you for listening to the power of faith broadcast with david hathaway we would love to hear from you contact us by visiting eurovision.org.uk also available online are many free teaching resources to help you on your walk with god david has written many faith building books to encourage and inspire Order these online today. Each month, David ministers online and in person. Our ministry is only possible because of the faithful support 
of so many people. For details on our evangelism and humanitarian relief work, visit eurovision.org.uk. Thank you again for listening.